evening. evening. We're live tonight. This should work. If you're not, follow us over on YouTube. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. If you all want to know in advance, just because of the last couple of weeks, find us on YouTube. Wonderful channel. You can join us there. Loads of people did last week. We can actually see you comment live if you go over there. Um, but for you guys on Facebook, it's great to see your comments. I'm actually just about to plug you in so I can see anybody who's saying hello. Uh, we are live. I've double checked. Uh, so uh, we should make it like a game. Welcome each week. back. It should be like a game each week where they don't know where we're going to be on. It's like a treasure hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and we leave very cryptic clues. It's That's surely going to be good for we're our We're going to be a dog first. Yeah. <laughs> Catch me if you can. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dashing around the world. Talking of which, we're doing question oh. and answers, by the way, guys, and um, it's it's really good because we can freestyle, we can think out loud, and what yeah. have you. I really I like these mm. these events. Just want to. Um, we've all been recording some 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 promos. Uh, we are going to be in Istanbul this uh, this year in March the twenty third and the twenty fourth. It's a big two day international event. There's going to be these. Funny guys from Raw Pet Medics, so I'm told. And more to the point, there's going to be the start of a show with, who is Anaheim Bjorkman, who is the leading researcher pretty much on the planet in Raw. If you can make it, I've just looked at some of the flights and they're ridiculously, I mean, it's about 150 quid return or something to, Ooh, from, from Heathrow. Cheap. Yeah, from well, Heathrow to, 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 uh, to Istanbul. So it's not crazy. However, it is online. Um, are yeah. you guys excited? Yeah, can't wait. Really, oh, I love, I love a two-day event. What sort of a nerd are you that with these events? I, I get more excited about having more work to do with these events. So, like, you know, it, you can get the information out, and particularly the second day, the way it's structured of uh, the way the uh, Yaz has, has laid it out is cool. So it's, it's you know, we can tuck into a subject and you put it out there and then you delve into the inflammation and what it comes and how it filters into these different diseases. It's just lovely. You're sitting there with some... Oh, I imagine it's to vets we're speaking to, aren't we? Here we are. Yeah, we are. It's in the public. And I was there last year right. and I had over 50 vets in one room. Brilliant. For the whole day. It was only one day. And can you imagine that in the UK? That was uh, it, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just phenomenal. And they were so attentive. They were quiet as church mice until about three o'clock in the afternoon. And then the questions yeah. came through. They were keen, really, really keen. So yeah. it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I mean, you're right. How often we have the you have the ORF Raw Feeding Veterinary Society conference each year, and when it's on in the UK, you'll get fifty to hundred vets, you know, and add on nurses and whatnot. Uh, in a room, but outside of that, uh, no matter who we appeal to, uh, I can't imagine we would get 50 to 100 vets, uh, certainly many conventional vets, turning up to listen to us talking about nutrition, or anyone, you know, even if Anaheim Borkman came over and was doing a talk on research in nutrition, mm. would we get 50 mm. to 100 conventional vets in a room? Probably not. Um, yeah, that is interesting that we get that in other countries, and you know, you're flying off to well, a Well, it's been really good, hasn't it? The last couple of conferences where we've had general public, we've had vets, yeah. vet nurses, you know, other dog walkers all the way through to dog nutritionists, yeah. the physiotherapists, chiropractors, whoever is in that line of interest in nutrition. Yeah. I think it's been really great to sort of have that merge and yeah. almost cross-pollination of ideas. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I sometimes feel that just vets, yes, there's an element of it's, there's some things that you know clinically, but I think so much more is known by the general public these days. It's great to actually have 
much more interaction yeah. across the board. It must be tricky for vets. It must be tricky for you guys. Um, certainly for a conventional vet that's unprepared for the conversation, you can sympathise with them when they are then speaking to someone about something and they kind of realise they are not as well versed in the, in, in the subject. And, and nutrition being a pillar, one of the five pillars of veterinary, of, of, uh, veterinary medicine. And so that must be difficult because people are coming in. I mean, you speak to some people on your page and it's like, oh my God, I've, I barely know what she's talking about. You know, they're so well clued in because uh, we're such nerds for this stuff. So that is a, it must be hard for conventional vets to have some of the conversations, you know, and now we're talking about being treatments and warmers and questioning annual boosters and, you know, uh, suddenly neutering is a, is a big thing. And, you know, these are big, big questions for, for it's hard for vets to stay on top of all this stuff, you know, it's particularly if they don't come to our conferences, you know. <laughs> but anyway. Well, there we go. Yeah. Bit of CPD. So, yeah. you know, join Connor, us. You, join you, us. You put out a, a post time. recently about Librella. This is the yes. monoclonal antibody it. product for uh, pain, arthritis, and what have yeah. you. I had, a, and... I, had a, I had a second, as, as a non-vet here, guys, uh, like I had a second, I was talking to a client there, and, uh, you know, a dog had a bit of arthritis, and we were like, okay, what can we do here? Dog had a bit of extra weight on it, mm. the, the diet, we could fit all the basic stuff, and a few little supplements, great. She mentioned that the dog had a bad reaction to Librella, and I thought, oh, that's not the first time I've heard that. Uh, but I've also heard good things as well, so I knew very little about it, and so I just thought I'd put it out to the public. And um, when I did, I shared the couple of studies, there's two studies out there on the success of it, and I shared it with uh, the public and just gave them a little bit of background as to this drug. Now, most there's an awful lot of people out there that know a hell of a lot more about the drug than I did. Uh, and we'll get um we'll start whoever wants to talk, tell us a little bit about the drug. But when I gave the success studies, can I just give you these figures here? In the first study, 44% of the dogs treated with Librella, uh, checked by a vet, appeared to benefit, compared with 17% of the dogs in placebo. So straight away, isn't that interesting? When 17% of the dogs were seen to benefit in the placebo, they got nothing to do say the saline solution. Yeah. But listen to this. In the other study, 47% of the Librella-treated dogs, 135, appeared to benefit. While thirty-seven percent of the dogs in the placebo group benefited, so forty-seven versus thirty-seven getting the placebo. So you're talking about ten percent of a group of one hundred and thirty-five dogs, thirteen extra dogs in the group, and I'm saying, whoa! Like you know, if the differences are so fine in the benefit, there has to be as close to zero side effects to it because you have to treat so many dogs to see some benefit that the side effects have to be utterly minute. So I said, what's the story with the side effects? Before I posted, I had a quick read of the Dogs Naturally magazine piece on Librella. Very good, guys. If you want to check it out, go to Dogs Naturally magazine, type in Librella, friend or foe type article on Librella. It's pretty fairly written. Uh, and they said, here's the human version that they couldn't get to market. They spent millions and millions and millions, but they couldn't get it to market. Two separate uh, safety committees said, no, 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 we can't have this drug given to humans. And out it comes down for pets. Now, if you were to be a little bit dark, you might say, hmm, I've got questions. So what of the safety data? Well, it's very hard to find out about the safety data. As soon as I post it up on the page, you can see a number of people have had some very bad reactions, but a lot of people had good success. So I'm going to talk to uh, one of you guys about that because I know little about that. Uh, but one person highlighted, when it comes to the safety data, it's very confusing because the US and EU insert uh, highlights it's just a couple of little skin issues. One in 10,000 have a minor uh, bit of pain at the injection site, a bit of uh, itch, skin issues. And then the guys check out the Canadian insert and it lists all these side effects. So 
that was worrying. And I thought, okay, where are we with this drug? And it, was, it really heated up the conversation. So I started stepping back. And that's when I told you guys, there's a vet out there, uh, Josie Bug, that I think we should get on. She knows an awful lot about this. Yeah. But for the moment, can you just, can, what do you tell us a little bit about why some dogs are having a bad reaction to this uh, pain med or what type of medicine is it? Simply help us out with that. Uh, Brent, this is your department. Right. Look, it is a monoclonal antibody treatment, okay, so for a start. So it has, it is a protein. Now, let's just simplify it for a moment. This is um, an antibody that's made against a specific neurotransmitter in this case, uh, you know, the whether they use that in similar to Cytopoint, they'll look at a specific molecule, um, so interleukin-31 in Cytopoint, uh, where that antibody will plug onto it and therefore allow the immune system to take that excess out of the body. Therefore, in Cytopoint's case, reducing the itch. In Librella's case, trying to reduce the wind-up of pain. Cool. Okay? So that's, that's very simplified. Now, it is a mouse antibody. So in you know, to get enough, they use a mouse cell line, they produce loads of it, and then they convert it by chopping off the reactive parts, which recognize the foreign, or sorry, the active uh, agent that you want to take out of the system. And you put on a big canine part in the case of Librella, or a big feline part in the case of Silencio, which is the same drug but for cats. And what you do in that process is you're trying to fool the body into not seeing it as a foreign mouse protein being injected. Mm. Okay. So we know that about 2% of dogs or cats, depending which one they're given, um, will recognize it still as foreign. Mm. And so Whoa. it will just have no effect whatsoever. Oh. So very quickly, the body will recognize it as foreign, take it out, and therefore, in about 2%, cases quoted by the company if it's not working after injection to stop using and that's with no drama Bren no drama or that's that's yeah, yeah no drama it just stops reeking however what they are neglecting to say is there are some important parts in some of these transmitters that they play and actually if you ignore certain circumstances for instance if it has another concurrent neurological disease or it has you know the part of its pain is to do with maybe disc disease or something that is actually impinging nerve anyway nerve transmission then using this drug can be really not the best thing and in arthritis in the early stages if you want to reduce inflammation and support better joint healing you know this is not going to be that drug so we are seeing quite a lot of people using it because in pain relief as a part of a bigger jigsaw for some dogs it can be really really useful game changing you know to quality of life and that's those are the, the big portion that say this is great. However, for those that have something concurrent, you know, we have to say if your dog shows any signs of ataxia after the first one, ataxia. stop. Ataxia. What's ataxia? So that's wobbliness, that's you know, slowness on the reflexes of the usually the back legs, but you know, it's not really functioning properly as far as feeling where its feet are. It may be that neurologically its balance centers are going. 
please, please, please that do definitely not repeat one. the medication. That's definitely okay? one of the side effects leaping off the page as a dog that just yep. goes very wonky after a Some of those you want to know is that just concurrent disease and they're using the drug inappropriately in those circumstances. And I think the other thing that I'd like to mention before Nick comes on board is the difference between different countries as to what they will place on a data sheet. Mm. So some countries will want some degree of they can trace that data and say, yes, this is to do with this drug. And others will say, actually, if anything is reported in a public forum that they think that this is connected, they'll put that on the data sheet. Really? Okay. So yeah, absolutely. So there is, you know, if there's it just is dependent upon who is controlling those. And I think that's possibly why Canada's allowed a lot more to go onto that data sheet than the US and the UK. Now, I'm not saying which is right. Absolutely not. I'm just saying there may be a difference there. And I think it would be great if, remember, in the UK especially, but I believe this is the case in the States as well, there's just different ways of reporting it. Vets, I would love it if vets would report every time they see any reaction as a suspect reaction. Yeah. But please remember, guys, you as the general public, if your pet has seen any suspect, you don't need to define that it is, but suspect adverse reaction, you can report it too. Mm. Look up through whether it's the FDA or whether it's we'll the, the MD in the UK. We'll put the links up on the Facebook we'll page. We'll put the links yeah. up again. We have in the past. Yeah. If you search on our Facebook page and look up drug reaction, you'll see the posts that we've put for those already, but we'll repost it so it's at the top. Um, but please, you can report these yourselves. We would love it if this, because that then means that they have to look at that instance. And if there's enough incidents yeah. of, recognizable symptoms with a particular drug they will have to then put it on the data yeah like, like so the yellow yeah, like card system for vaccinations in the uk it is which, it's exactly yeah. the same nick how many yeah. uh, many vets report side effects to uh, to drugs What's how many percentage? vets well um back in the day in the 90s i looked at, into this and and friend just quoted it but it, it it's a paper from about 1994 and I was absolutely flabbergasted that within the medical profession, yeah, human doctors, okay. they, they showed, they demonstrated using the yellow card system that 96% of adverse reactions are not reported to, the, to, the, to the yellow card, to the, to, to the authority. Yeah? That means you get 100 people, people, and I think it's probably the same in veterinary medicine, you get 100 people who have an adverse reaction, and that's anything from a bit of a rash, a bit of a sore arm after a medicine, whatever, to death. And 96% of those, yeah, so 96 of those 100 people standing in front of you with something wrong following a medicine, anything from an aspirin to cyto, you know, uh, chemotherapy, they're not being reported. And this is very much my experience. If I can just um, uh, circle around to, um, to Librella, just a couple of thoughts. Um, just going back to basic principles, because as you know, I like basic principles. Um, if you put protein into the body, 
of if you put foreign protein into anybody's body the likelihood of you getting some kind of negative response is really pretty high you know if if a bee stings you things can go absolutely uh uh awol yeah so if you've actually entered it into say the muscle of 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 that recipient then i don't think there's any surprise that the canadians have got a list as long as your arm of of potential problems okay so that's number one whatever the protein it could be oxo it could be albumin from an egg you know you do that very very carefully in fact sinologists have known about this for a very long time the next thing is il31 doesn't just take part in the pain cascade because interleukins no no sorry just before you mix up yeah. there so that cytopoint point is il31 so ngf so it's nerve growth factor for uh, the librella. Okay, librella, nerve. Yeah. But the, 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 the yeah, basic principles yeah. are the same in that nerve, uh, uh, nerve growth factor doesn't just influence nerve growth, just as, right. you know, insulin yeah. doesn't just regulate uh, uh, sugar. It regulates a thousand things. Okay, so... Mother Nature is very conservative. Yeah, she'll have one fantastic molecule and she thinks, all right, I'm going to get it to do this and I'm going to get it to do that and I'm going to get it to do this. We humans, and we are pretty dumb, we come along and go, we don't like that part of your, your, your operating system, so we're going to knock that out. But at the same time, you knock out two or three or four other yeah, right. okay. subtle, subtle, subtle pathways, and these are called side effects. So... Um, that's that. And reporting, yeah, we've just done that. And uh, uh, the, the, the last little thing that, that I've got on my, my list from our conversation just here, uh, Josie Bug. Uh, Connor, can you get a hold of her? And and Because she's yeah, done a lot of work on Nebrella, and, and I think yeah. we can have an entire, we can talk about antibodies, we can talk about monoclonal antibodies. I love old monoclonal. Because when I was in college, yeah. that's when it all kicked off. 1986. Cool. Brilliant. Let's um, do that. Oh, if you ever go to the States, if you ever go to the States and you sit down for, you know, just to catch up what they watch on the telly, oh, every five minutes there seems to be an advert for another monoclonal antibody yeah. or some human medication. Yeah, so make, yeah. I'm not surprised that they went down that route. so, so, so specific. Yeah. It's a beautiful technology. How it's used is another matter, but the technology yeah. is beautiful. I'll get on to, I'll get on to Josie, guys, and uh, I will get her on the show, and we'll do uh, a show about that and, and pain relief and a couple of different options. And, uh, yeah, neurological issues. I think Josie was the vet, or there's a good few vets on that, post, on that page, actually, and most of them singing off the same hymn sheet. Uh, you need to warn people that uh, any, any dogs with neurological issues should not be going on the bread, that they're the ones that are coming out with the, with the outstanding side effects. And so... Uh, that is an interesting warning. But, you know... I'd, I'd actually like to also round it because there's been another one by Dogs Naturally in the state yeah. uh, with regards to gabapentin, oh, which yeah. is another pain relief, Great. not being FDA approved, Ooh. okay, but loads and loads of people using it oh, for well. pets. Mm. Okay? So, um, and it's something that I see in the UK a lot, loads and loads of people using gabapentin. Hell, it's not approved. But, but we've got a we've got a way up there because actually the pathways are sort of understood, and if it's in a balance of a rounded pain management scheme, I think okay. But if you're just sort of like you know what, I don't know what to use. I'm just going to use gabapentin. Yeah. 
that's not an approach yeah. Yeah. that should be Particularly considered. Particularly when there's not nine other steps beforehand that we didn't take. You know, what I mean? yeah. just let's us decrease yeah. inflammation in the body and see if we can get rid of this arthritis, yeah. just inflammation of the joint. Where is this inflammation coming from? A, a sick gut will make your joints sore, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and I sort yeah. of have to be a little bit cautious with that as well because we know there's some great complementary medicines, herbs and things yeah, like that good. that also aren't FDA approved. So, you know, from a oh. point of view of, We've, we've got to be careful, you know, okay. before the kettle calls the pot black. Okay. You know, it's from a point of view of um, herbs, you know, what, herbs what is and things like out of the ground to me seem a lot more um, permissible than something made in the uh, factory. You sure. would say that, but then, you know, we look at devil's claw interaction with turmeric. You know, there's all sorts okay. of crossovers with how they work on anti-inflammatory pathways. You've got, you know, aspirin is willow yeah. bark extract, you'd say. Yes, it might be safer if it's still in the herbal form, but how many extracts are being made I from want these to herbs know how much, and being passed off as yeah, herbal medicines? I want to know how much willow bark you have to eat before you get a negative side effect, because there's plenty of groups that use uh, willow. Oh, that's going to be a good one. I'm going to check that out. Like, uh, it, it's hard to overeat in the in the compounds found in their natural form. Not yes. impossible, God yes. knows, but yes. it's hard. Yeah. And the body generally takes them in, in a separate way. Guys, we have got, we've just spent, yeah. we're into 20. I've got just one uh, more, one more, one more yeah, philosophical. On the one more philosophical. No, no, it's about the FDA. Okay. Uh, and and, and uh, the UK regulatory authorities, oxygen is not uh, officially recognised as a uh, beneficial to health either. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not yeah. a regulated substance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So just just to, to I've been yeah. I've been watching uh, Doc Mallet. Um, uh, the, the, his 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 podcast and my mind has been absolutely yeah, yeah. It, totally totally oh, oh yeah but but Nick I've got to say if you've read James Nestor and Breath Ooh. then you'd know why oxygen hasn't got an FDA approval because it can be downright dangerous. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, 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 it's fantastic. It's it's a wonder we're not all bursting into flames, you know. It's, it's fantastically <laughs> toxic. Oxygen is toxic yeah. as hell. It is, yeah. But we've yeah. just we've just learned to live with it. Plants don't really like it. They like CO two. Do you know whole, just why, why, we're going, why we're going off on tangents? Um, the uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what it says. I'm like a puppy pacing a crisp packet. Um, <laughs> um, At least you're not tasting your tail. Do you know that E. coli eats all the oxygen or uses all the oxygen in your gut, and and that is what permits the anaerobic bacteria to do their thing in your gut. So when you see E. coli, because there's so many different species of it, and only a couple of them are, are are a little bit nasty, and the rest of them are, they would say, oh, they've got no consequence at all. They've actually most of them probably have a, a function we just poorly understand. But uh, a lot of E. coli, they, so they consume the oxygen that are, that's in your gut, and if they weren't there, you couldn't have anaerobic bacteria doing their thing. And I thought, how interesting, because oxygen is a poison. To the bacteria in your gut, but I thought, oh, that's you can't fantastic. Just, can't just napalm E. coli, you know. And uh, if you napalm yeast, yeah. E. coli will grow. Na- napalm E. coli, yeast will grow because the two of them work hand in hand as well. Guys, okay, look, we are raw pet medics. You'll find us on patreon.com uh, forward slash raw pet medics. Thanks to everybody for sending in their questions there. Uh, we have, we swore we'd get to tell I've them. I've got another us. one. I've got another oh, one. Oh, God. Before we form, <laughs> and we will get to them after Nick's quick tangent. Go, Nick. They're making, they're making, they're making, uh, Pfizer are making DNA for the vaccine using E. coli just to big up 
E. coli, just to say that oh. they're, they're not all bad. They yeah. are actually using them for for other purposes. Yeah, just to, that's right. Just to that. say. Uh, okay, guys, let's let's move along. Um, there's a, there's a <laughs> there's this this one has come up before. We've mentioned it before. Um, but somebody, let's keep this one really quick. Is there a non-surgical solutions to fatty lumps? I'll go. I'll go with that. Brendan's thinking. Um, there is, there is talk in the homeopathic community, veterinary homeopathic community, about using belladonna, and I've used it a couple of times. And I can't say for certain, but I think it might be useful. Just using belladonna thirty C. Belladonna is a remedy that we use. The classic is the child that's teething, or the child that has a in the human medicine. Has a has a fever. Yeah, they're angry. They're red. There's just all this going on. It's a very energetic remedy. Earache, earache, a lot of, lot of inflammation. Yeah. And that's the classic. And the lipoma is the opposite of that. It just kind of sits there, doesn't do much. Ooh, I'm a lipoma. Don't worry about me. That's kind of what lipomas do. And so it was absolutely bizarre, which is why it's stuck in my mind and why I've used it probably half a dozen times. And I think it might be useful it might determine be determined by the constitution of the dog you know the 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 the, uh, the the vitality the makeup of that dog but it's going to cost you pennies and so if i had somebody who was on a fantastic diet and was having great fats and no rubbish and was on you know on a, on a minimum vaccination regime and a minimum flea and tick regime and you know all the good stuff and there was a lipoma there, and it was just kind of coming along, just kind of saying hello. I would definitely go with a, a something like a Belladonna 30C weekly for six months. Why not? Brent, where are you on that? Yeah, so that's really interesting, isn't it? And uh, I so hope Fiona has clipped out that your impression of a lipoma mm -hmm. uh, for future reference. Uh, that's, I have no <laughs> doubt from a point she of will view, take great delight. I'm not it. sure. <laughs> I am not sure that um, I would say that it's just innocuous. I think it's the body's expression of an inflammatory change. Totally. Um, but I have used various remedies. Pulsatilla actually comes up with uh, in the Terium Medica as a useful remedy for those fatty lumps. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, you know, there are some similarities in you know, where you're at with those calc carbs, which is the chronic of belladonna, um, also comes out in some of those. So especially for the slightly rotund yeah. uh, Labradors that have them. Um, I, I still come back to, you know, is it just an excess production because it's a benign type of growth and therefore you're more into psychotic psychosis and using... Uh, some of the remedies around, you know, that we classically think would do urine. Or would we go for carcinosin? And actually more and more, I tend to revert back, and that may be to do with my constitution, towards using remedies that treat cancers and how we plus them. And it's not just about, you know, the potency and what you're giving, but actually how you combine that and, and push the body and what building blocks you give them alongside it. And yeah. I think 
this is one of the reasons that I've so been so interested in nutrition and so interested in changing what you know the root causes of some of that is not just thinking that I can give a homeopathic medicine to cure all of these ills um, and that's all I should need to do because actually we're taught when we learn homeopathy as Nick will attest to that actually there is so much more to homeopathy than little white tablets it is actually how do you correct the diet how do you correct the environment you cannot sort out malaria if you're still living in the marshlands yeah. you know you need to move them into a healthier environment to live you need to change all of those things so in modern life what does that mean you need to you know we've talked yeah with planet pause about this we've said you know you've got to watch about what's coming out of the exhaust tailpipes if you're in the states you've got to watch about where you're walking your dogs yeah. you know what fields are sprayed with you've got to watch what your wi-fi is doing in the house you know what you're using for your cleaning products there's so many other things so just because you're feeding raw and you're following us thinking, I'm doing everything for my dog. I'm feeding raw, I'm avoiding it's, vaccines. It's, yeah. I'm, you know, doing all of these things. Why is my dog still getting lumped? Yeah. Oh, my God, there is so much more in the I, environment. I was working with a, with a, with a, uh, I was, I was working with a, with a herbalist there uh, on a few little bits and pieces. And she said, look, you know, people keep wanting to produce this product, but you don't even think about how the lymphatics work. And you've got to get that moving as a couple. And I thought, well, there's something I don't know about lymphatics and drainage and stuff. I really don't understand that. And uh, then I'm thinking lymphatics, lymph, um, fatty deposits. And I'm just having to Google there. Is there not like a thing where people have like a stagnant lymphatic kind of system for whatever reason or an overload of that system? And you get these fatty lumps. Humans get fatty lumps from that. They're not as big. I mean, the dog ones are just like big uh, lumps on some of these Labradors. But uh, I thought maybe this, this, like you said, there's a whole a heap of different systems that are working. Guys, I want to move on to one more question from Patreon because I, we want to finish up nice and like more promptly here. This is another one from Patreon. Um, this lady says, this is a good one. Um, uh, oh, where is it? Uh, Nikki Hamill said, what about the little dry, crusty bits at the end of the dog's ears, please? I saw another dog with that two or three weeks ago. Have you ever seen dogs with the ear tips? Crusty and dry. Mm. I've seen that before on a dog. What is that? What do you do? So... My interpretation of a lot of those, so it's just watch whether it's just a dry crust or when you get there, is there a slight thickening of the tip? Because if there's a slight thickening underneath the crust, okay, then that I consider a vasculitis, so an inflammation of the blood vessels, a little bit like chillblains in people, okay, how. You know, your extremities can be really inflamed and, you know, really, really itchy, like, you know, just incredibly itchy. Um, but I see this on dogs and they, sometimes they even look like they've been eaten away yeah, um, because they're starting to, yeah, sort of um, from that side of things. Now, I've had some really good um, results with uh, some of the um, Sakali, which is uh, one of the uh, moles that you find. Um, if I get this right, Nick, on um, ergot, similar to ergot, yeah. isn't it? Uh, so on brains and things like that, uh, and it can cause that same vasculitis and um, reduction of blood flow in extremities. Uh, so you're almost getting a gangrene, okay? Of this, that's what is going on. The blood supply is cutting off, and the um, the oxygen is not getting to those tissues because of the vasculitis, the inflammation in those blood blood vessels stopping the blood cells getting to the tissue and delivering the oxygen so 
yeah, you can get all sorts. So um, there's various things that you would treat chillblains with. I've used and been effective. Um, I've got a wonderful little whippet that um, uh, I've been treating for that in the past, and she is what probably must be getting on for at least six, seven years from when she was like really an immune mediated condition. So an autoimmune condition that was causing it. And she um, is, is doing great guns. You'd never think that she had those problems now um, when you look at her. You know, affects the pores as well sometimes, not just the ear tips. Um, so just watch out. Hmm. My thought would be if, if, if you've got those kind of things and it is a vasculitis which is possibly i mean there's a number of reasons why you have vasculitis but if it's like an autoimmune thing the problem is not with the ears the problem is with the immune system so you've got to you've got to review the the, the, the vaccination policy you've got to review the diet you know, the whole thing yeah fundamentally Bren and i probably have a very similar approach to many disease processes that you can't treat whatever it is that's that's um the, the, the tip of the iceberg until you've actually had a really really good look and you've you've, you've modulated what's below the surface yeah because what happens with the, the iceberg you chop off the top of the iceberg it's just going to roll over and deliver you with another tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. yeah so i think i think the answer to many many of the questions that we we, we get is going to be get the basics right you know food the vaccines the I'm not saying don't vaccinate. I'm just saying take a very big rational run at the vaccine question. The pharmaceuticals, the, 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 the pesticides that you put on or in your dog, make sure you've got those right. Look at the environment. You know, is it healthy for you? If it's not healthy for you, it's not going to be healthy for the dog. Do your best. Probably won't do it for you because nobody does, but do it for the dog. Yeah, this yeah. is really, really useful. And there's a whole other show there. Also, another show. Lymphatics. I love yeah. lymphatics. They're just I fascinating. Nothing. I know nothing. I want to learn about that. Cool. Let's force that one in. It's I, want to, uh, I want to learn about it. Cool. Okay. Uh, guys, we are Raw Pet Medics on patreon.com forward slash Raw Pet Medics. Thanks to everybody for supporting us there and uh, keeping us going. We do appreciate that. We see you. And uh, yes, keep your questions coming in and thoughts. And we, uh, we appreciate that. We're going to jump over to Patreon now and give another 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, of a few, we have a million questions still to do, but there's a couple still hanging around. How long do I give probiotics for after antibiotics? That's a cracker types that they're using. Uh, so we can have a quick touch on that. That's important. Uh, and a couple of other cool questions. Uh, um, there's a question there, guys, about the kibble deaths that are, um, uh, I have to use the word allegedly, but there's there's, there's some something going on maybe over in the US here and uh, we can see the report. So uh, until it's officially announced, we don't really know, but now there's a few little reports coming in. Uh, one or two dogs, uh, uh, one death in in the UK connected to a kibble. But these are kind of client-led stuff, and so just let us get your thoughts on that. You know, um, is it possible for for something in the US to be happening in the EU at the same time? Uh, are they the same pet foods to be all? You know, so let's have a look and see if we know anything about that. Yeah, and also on balance, let's have a quick touch as well on Patreon about the um. Enterobacteriaceae outbreaks as well. There's a paper oh, being yeah. written in the last couple of weeks in raw food in the UK. Mm. Okay. So let's have a chat about that. Oh, that's a loss. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
brilliant to see you all. Um, if you want to join us, have a look out for the advertisements for the uh, 360 conference over in Turkey. We'd love to see you there too, um, even if it's remotely. Yeah. And, 23rd, 24th uh, of March. Look, yeah, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. But everybody else, if you can follow us over to Patreon, look forward to seeing Thank you there. Else. Cheers. Thank you.